are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studio. Studio. game is is unimpeachable and and unequivocated i decided to hit you a little bit of diggable planets y'all if i know the wol listeners y'all know about diggable planets appointment at the fat clinic of the refuting time and space album which is actually one of my favorite albums came out when i was a freshman in high school it's 1991 or 92 And one of the things that Diggable Planets did very, very well in artists of that era, the golden era, that's why I love DJ Premier so much. That's why I love A Tribe Called Quest so much because not only did De La Soul, not only did these groups have the bars, but they paid homage and they knew whose shoulders they stood on. So Diggable Planets, they were always talking about the fantastic jazz musicians that influenced them. And hip-hop, what, what's so dope about hip-hop is that it stands on the shoulders of jazz and blues and funk. It's truly a tapestry of, of African-American culture. And without Muddy Waters, without Chuck Berry, without Dizzy Gillespie, you don't, you don't have some of the great hip-hop artists and and funk and disco artists that that ultimately you got in the disco and you got in the funk and you got in hip hop and that's real dope about uh, Diggable Planets Ish Ish from Diggable Planets he's a friend of the show he's been on the show a couple of times way back in the day before ESPN before NBC Sports Radio before our partnership with Urban One and last thing I heard I believe Diggable Planets I know Isaac said that he went to see them I think that they were touring before the pandemic hit uh, shout out to, to Ish Shabazz Palaces he has a group called Shabazz Palaces it's real it's super dope but um, Blowout Comb Diggable Planets second album very underrated people remember the cool like that but Blowout Comb was really really great from production. I don't I don't know who produced their albums. I don't I don't remember that off the top of my head. But Digable Planets put out two borderline classic albums and they kind of fell off the scene, but but you go back into the archives, you got some some fantastic music. Got a short segment here. One of the themes of this show is that it's important to evolve whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, your relationship with with the Lord, Allah, whatever whatever you put your time and energy in, your your fitness world, how you hone and master your craft. You wanna you always wanna be on the cutting edge. You wanna be Apple, not IBM. When I look at the IBM logo, I think of a sixty year old Caucasian male wearing a charcoal suit, a white shirt and some type of bland tie. And that's how they branded themselves. And when I think of Apple, I think it's Steve Jobs wearing a turtleneck. It's a little bit more sleek. It fits in your hand. It's it's not the big supercomputer that, that fills up the room. 
but it's cutting edge. It's what are we going to do next? Now I'm not I'm not thrilled with Apple. I'm not thrilled with the fact that Apple thinks that you should buy their lightning ports just to be able to put their your 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 headphones into the jack of a cell phone. You know that's not that that was not one of Apple's better days. That that is greed. I've talked about the show American Greed. But you want to be Apple and not IBM. You want to be Netflix and not Blockbuster. We all remember going to Blockbuster. And it wasn't really that long ago, but we remember going to Blockbuster to to rent. I was a big person that rented video games because I would just play a video game when I was a gamer for a short period of time. Other than Madden and the 2K series and whatever, I don't know, Madden, maybe not 2K then, whatever was out. Lakers versus Celtics. Or Sega 8-bit. Arch Rivals, Double Dribble, I don't know. But I would love going to rent video games. I'd play it. I'd spend the whole week. So I had no life, no woman, beat up jalopy of a car. I had nowhere to go and nothing to do with my time but play pickup basketball on Sunday mornings at my church. Five on five or at the park when it was warm at Otterbein College in Westerville, Ohio. And I stand at Blockbuster, I wait in line and, and I would play these video games and I get it in. I think you, you get what, four days? And if you don't turn it back, you get these late fees and all of that stuff. I would play, I play all weekend. I get it, I get it in and get the game back so I didn't get hit with those fees. Blockbuster messed up your credit. If you don't get that game back in and you don't pay it, they're gonna they're gonna take a baseball bat to your FICO score. I know bars that, that couldn't get a house because there's like a hundred bucks in the hole for, for Blockbuster messed up, messed up their credit rating. But you were rent movies. If there was a series you want to binge watch, all of that stuff, you would rent those things. Then Netflix came, came along. Blockbuster could have did that first. They already had the brand name. They had the supply chain. Netflix came. Blockbuster didn't embrace it. They're out of here. So you want me on the cutting edge. The reason I'm bringing it up because I was talking to some of my friends over the weekend. I was at I was at lunch with a group of friends. And we we're talking about healthcare. And I run in circles with people that are also executives in healthcare and curious of what's going on, curious about the policy. People ask me, they say, Well, hey, how's the show going? Hey, are you continuing to build your platform and profile? And what can we do to reach out to you and to link with you and, and reach out to the African American and Latinx community? Which is dope because we have several big names that are about to be a part of this show on a consistent basis and, and, and do some partnerships with us in 2022, especially in the DMV area. So for those listening on WOL 95.9 or 1450 AM, we're going to start bringing in some big time policy experts and people that have built these roads and know these roads and understand what's going on. I want to be the advocate so that if you're listening out there and you need a health equity question answered, you're in DC, you want to know where you can get broadband internet access or programs to combat food insufficiency or programs to get zero insulin copays. Those programs are out there. I have people that I'm involved heavily with that want to share that information and want to help and support this community, that's what we're going to be about. I can use my platform to speculate who Megan V. Stallion's having sex with or other frivolous gossip 
based topics that have no relevance in the big picture or or we can actually try to help someone have better clinical outcomes have more longevity and, and a better life but what i but what we talked about was was cvs and how cvs is closing almost a thousand of their retail stores and cvs i'm a i'm a big cvs guy there's cvs right up the street for me and i go up there i go to cvs not only to get any health stuff that I need, but I get my lotion. I get my toiletries from there. I don't feel like walking around Walmart. So I get my toiletries from there. I get my toilet paper from there. I get water at CVS. I get cereal at CVS. I get soap from CVS. My cocoa butter, my cologne. I get a lot of stuff at CVS. Cause I don't, I don't like, I don't feel like walking around Walmart and Target, especially in a, in a pandemic society. You don't want people breathing on you. I want to be able to get in and out quickly. So I'm willing to, to pay more. To not have to wait in line. And if I'm there getting a prescription, so be it. But fortunately, I'm not on too many prescriptions. I spend a lot of my time at CVS getting other stuff. And CVS is moving away from that. And I think that it's brilliant because it shows CVS wants to be Apple, not IBM. They want to be Netflix, not Blockbuster. There's a paradigm shift with what is going on as far as the, the vaccinations for COVID-19 and, and people's needs and telehealth. We're going to be talking a lot about telehealth. We're moving away. We're, we're, we're literally moving into a Jetson society. If you watch the Jetsons, everything was done over the computer. And that's what we're moving to. We're moving away from people. I mean, you got to go to the doctor if you broke your leg. You got to go to your doctor if there's something that's emergent, that's life-threatening. But for your annual checkup, you got a little rash on your elbow. You got some athlete's foot. You got a tummy ache. You got a migraine. Do you really need to drive 30 minutes to the doctor and then sit in the lobby for another hour? Or could you bang that out via a telehealth visit? And that's what CVS is doing. They're preparing. They're downsizing. And they're going to get into more of that Netflix kiosk model. And I'm not saying that I know this factually. I just know the industry and where it's going. There's no reason for CVS to have all that retail stuff. The stuff that I like to get because I'm a rare breed. The truth of the matter is you can get all that stuff on Amazon. They can deliver it to you in a couple of hours in a much more efficient manner. But, but CVS, like a smart company, they want to move to a leaner, smaller, less brick and mortar, more digital platform to where you have primary care. So instead of having... Instead of having rows and rows and rows of shampoo and conditioner, let's have our pharmacy. Let's throw a couple of primary care docs in there, some telehealth, and let's go get it. And I think that that's brilliant. And I think that's what you're going to see in healthcare downstream. I think we're moving away from the old school perspective of these large brick and mortar companies that have all of this stuff. Everything's going to be digital. Especially with CMS and some of the, in, in Baltimore CMS, some of the regulatory things that they've done for, for Medicare and Medicaid. Where in the old days, you couldn't really use telehealth unless you were in a very rural area where there was limited access to providers. Now, nurse practitioners, doctors, they can make a full living on telehealth. Can you imagine if you're a doctor, instead of having an office and a staff and a receptionist and having to deal with all that theater, you're able to, to, to evaluate patients over the screen from home and make a full-time living, that is, a, that is amazing. 
and in this move with CVS, they're on the cutting edge of this. And I, I believe that in five years, you're not going to see these large pharmacies. It's going to be all small kiosks in Kroger, Walmart, and Target. You can go in, you can see your doctor, you can call in or zoom in and see your doctor, pick up your scripts, you get Amazon involved, they'll even deliver the script to you, you'll get it in a couple of hours. That's where the world's going. You can either go with technology or you can stay and be the next blockbuster. Lance Day Show. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. But at the same time, like I said, and me, you know, I'm 56 years old. Damn! James Lewis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's always there. Just to show how much they care. The feeling you're not alone. Now she's a part of your home. So much to protect each day Caring goes a long, long way Nationwide is on your side Oh baby Good morning, say it now Just let the words come out Tell me you love me No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, sparkling water. Crack a smile. When I'm not doing the health cast, I consult for many startups and ACOs who are new to the healthcare business. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with an experienced risk adjustment team that cares about results and building partnerships. With the largest health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, Episource aims to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. I wanted to draw from a personal experience that I'm going through. I don't talk a lot about my personal life on the show, but I got a lot going on within my family, got a lot of stuff going on that I'm not going to get extremely explicit about. You listening to me, whether you listen to me on WOL or WVOL or the podcast or our affiliates out in Seattle, Birmingham, on digital radio, wherever, you need to constantly reevaluate your circle of friends. In life, we're constantly looking at medicine, we're looking at theology, we're looking at better ways to build. You got these 3D printing now. You're looking at auto technology, nanotechnology, computers, all of that stuff. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly getting better. If you don't get better, you're going to be Blockbuster Video, not Netflix. You're going to be IBM, not Apple. You're going to be MySpace and not Facebook or Meta or whatever, whatever the hell they're calling it. Meta World Peace. 
You've got to constantly evaluate your personal relationships, friendships, family, the people that you give your energy and, and power to. You've got to constantly reevaluate that. We get stuck in ruts with people that we've been friends with for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, grew up on the Ave with, went to high school with, went to college with, lived next door to in, in young adulthood, raised our kids together. But the reality is a lot of times we outgrow friends. You have to look at your circle. And this doesn't come from a place of anger. There'll be people that listen to this, that think that I'm talking to them, and they will try to manipulate it and say that I'm coming from a place of anger and I'm not coming from a place of freedom. Everyone listening to me, look at your circle of friends. Think about the five or 10 people that you talk to the most, people that you text the most, people that you talk to on the phone the most, people that you see the most day to day. And I'm not talking about business because business is business. You may hate that MFer in the office next door to you, but you got to feed your family. So you got to figure out how to have a good relationship with him or her and have coffee once a quarter and talk about business. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about people that you voluntarily give your time, your energy, your power, your support, your affirmation, your love to. Think about your friends. Picture those five to ten people and then ask yourself, am I the smartest person in this group? Am I the most educated person in this group? Do I make the best decisions? Meaning that if I made good decisions raising my children, if I made good decisions on finding a life partner, have I made good decisions in career? Have I made good decisions the way that I treat people? Have I made good financial decisions? Do they have money in their 401k? Are they living off their parents? Do they have a good credit score? Have I made good health decisions? Think about, do, your, do, do those people, picture those people, do they have the same work ethic that you have? Are they willing to grind it out and hustle? Or are they waiting for a handout? Are they waiting for someone to show them a sense, the, the sense of entitlement that they have? Are they willing to grind? Do they have dreams? Do they have aspirations? Do those people come from families that represent the same values that you have? Not to say better or worse. But if their family is a bunch of crackheads and your family is a bunch of heads of state people, do you necessarily have the same value system? And then finally, think of, think of, think of these same people. Are these individuals that really support you? Do they really love you? Do they really support you? Do they believe when you go to your friends, these five to ten people, and you say, hey, I want to open up a new business? Or, hey, I want to go back to school because I want to be a lawyer. Or, hey, my kids are going to the best private school. And I'm going to get them in there come hell or high water. Do those people support your dreams or do they actually detract? They say, oh, no, I don't, I, don't know if you're, I don't know if you can get into that school. It's a little late for you to want to turn back and go to med school. You want to open up that business? I don't, I don't know about that. I, just, I think that you should play it safe. And if you and if you're going through these names in your head and you find out that you're the smartest person in your circle and you're the wealthiest person in your circle and you're the hardest working person in your circle and you're the one that makes good decisions, has a good marriage and loves their kids and your friends are always embroiled in drama and angry and bitter. Chasing the wrong people, shallow, only hang out with people that you think are popular. 
only associate with individuals because you think that it will create the illusion that you are more important than you are, more powerful than you are, then you need to get as far away from that circle as possible. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I've recently elevated my circle. And I'm going to share, I spent many years, one of the things about going to an HBCU, these schools are very small. It's almost like a family-like environment. And so you, you fall into, you go there, you're 19, 20, you're, you're, you're growing and developing. You fall into these categories that, that you were in 20 years ago. And we all had our stages of awkwardness or we were focused on whatever. Some of us in, in school, we were, were really great leaders and, and focused on student government, stuff like that. Some of us were trapping out. Some of us were, were always high or drunk. Some of us were having a lot of sex in college, goofing off. So if you were like me, you were, you were a singer and you're always traveling and singing. Some people were about those grades. I went to college with some people, some of my friends. We got to college, they're like, hey man, I don't got time to goof off. I don't have time to be playing on intramurals basketball. I'm gonna be an anesthesiologist. I'm in the lab studying. But we often address and fall into those categories in the HBCU world because it's such a small community. So you go to Ohio State, you go to Ann Arbor Community College, you go to Stanford, you go to Duke, you go to Ivy League, you go to UCLA, you go to Alabama, you go to Texas. Nobody cares about that. Nobody's thinking about who you are. These schools have 50,000 people. They don't know you. Nobody recognizes you. Nobody remembers if you meet that you drove a turquoise Mazda protege when you were in college. Nobody cares about that. But these small HBCUs, people care. People remember you. They'll categorize you based on how popular they thought you were back then. They'll try to project those things on you. And I spent a lot of my adult life trying to impress people. People that I went to college with, went to high school with, grew up with back in Ohio. To prove to those people that I was good enough and I was successful enough and I was smart enough and I was a good enough friend and I was loyal enough. And the truth of the matter is I realized over the years that those people, I use this phrase a lot, they wouldn't urinate on me if I was on fire because they had already made up their mind about me. They made up their mind about me back in 1998, 1999. They had made up their mind that I was good enough to be on the periphery of the inner circle. I was even good enough to be in the inner circle if I provided a need to them and affirmed them and loved them and cherished them and supported them. But they weren't going to give me no affirmation because I wasn't worth it. I wasn't popular enough. I wasn't good looking enough. I wasn't thin enough. I wasn't rich enough. I spent many years of my life chasing after love and affirmation from the wrong people. I don't begrudge those people. It's actually my fault because those people made up their mind on me. Like I said, they made up their mind on me 25 years ago, 20 years ago. I reached the point. I looked around once again, evaluate your circle. I realized, you know, I've been chasing after some of these people. They're not smarter than me. They haven't accomplished more than me. They're not more successful than me. 
why would I bow down to people that I went to school with? I've been I've been a boss in in healthcare and I'm a boss in media. Everything I touch turns platinum. If you want to know where Lance Day's been, you follow the trail of gold and platinum. If you want to know if I spoke into a microphone, you see the microphone glowing, which is verification that I had entered the room. I had the gravitas. I couldn't get love from people that I went to college with or high school with or grew up with. But then I started meeting people that were multimillionaires. I got love from them. I got respect from them. I got admiration from them. Those people wanted to empower me to be even better. And it dawned on me, I looked at my circle and I said, you know, a lot of people I've been chasing, they're not doing better than me. They haven't made better decisions than me. They're not more loyal than me. What do they have to offer me? And so I asked myself, back to that visualization, think of those 10 people. I realized that a lot of those people, they were actually draining me. They were taking from me, but they weren't replenishing. And so instead of throwing a tantrum, I didn't go on Facebook or Instagram, have some long rant. I didn't name people. I didn't blow people up personally. I didn't gossip about people. I didn't go on a negative campaign against people. I stopped taking their calls. I stopped answering their DMs. I stopped answering their text messages. And I said that I wasn't going to let people who truly have accomplished less, of inferior intellect, have worse lives, and ultimately don't even respect me, don't believe in me, won't affirm me, I decided that I wasn't going to give those people any more of my power. And I moved on. And people were flabbergasted. Because they were so used to me giving them my power and my energy. And I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. And the funny thing happened. When I stopped giving my power to people that didn't believe in me, that didn't believe when I opened up Paragon 7 Studios, didn't believe in my podcast, made fun of my podcast, said I was not popular enough and not good enough of an athlete to pull this off. People that didn't believe in my dreams, people that would not pour into me. When I stopped giving those people my energy, they were blown away. And I found out there were people around the corner, a mile long, standing in line that wanted to be a part of my life and appreciate what I brought to the table and wanted to love on me and wanted to pour into me and wanted to mentor me and wanted to support me and wanted to affirm me. And I'm telling those that are listening, Think of those 10 people. If seven of those people are rats and won't affirm you because they're out chasing somebody else for Instagram likes, move your business elsewhere and you'll be a much happier and well-rounded person. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
As a former quality executive who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts, I've worked with our new partners over at Episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team. Episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval, coding, quality analytics, and in-home assessments. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration.